Welcome to For the Greater Good, a podcast brought to you by the Independent Grocers Alliance. And now your host, John Ross. Well, hello, everyone. It's John Ross here, and this is the For the Greater Good podcast. And the whole idea behind this is to have conversations with leading industry executives about the things that they're doing in their companies and with their partners in order to make the world a better place. And by better place, I mean more sustainable, making sure that we're able to feed our entire communities. We're working on things like both community hunger and responsible forestry and responsible farming and all the issues where you would say, my children and my grandchildren would be proud of me for the things I did while I had the job that I have. So today we're talking to Wei Chan Chan. He's the Managing Director of the Consumer Goods Forum. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you doing that. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me and uh, looking forward to a wonderful conversation. Oh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I, I, I would ask, like, like you to start by introducing both yourself and kind of your background, because you've got a really fascinating background, but also explain a little bit about what the Consumer Goods Forum does. I'm not sure our full audience really knows. Right, great. Well, firstly, thank you very much and welcome from Hong Kong. I'm actually in Hong Kong at the moment. Um, just just got out of quarantine, so Hong Kong hasn't got back to normal, but uh, it looks like the US and the rest of the world has, but you know, at least I'm out of quarantine. So welcome from uh, sunny, humid Hong Kong. Uh, so I'm, I'm Wei Chan Chan. I'm the Managing Director of the Consumer Goods Forum. And my background before I started this was I was a consultant and I was, also was a retailer. So I was a consultant for many, many years. I worked for a company called McKinsey, where we helped uh, many uh, retail companies, in fact, and many consumer goods companies with their strategies, particularly in China. So I spent a lot of time, and I know that you have stores in China. I spent uh, probably 25 years in China, actually working on, firstly, things like entry strategy, then growth strategy, and then profitability strategy, and then um, digital strategy. So that was kind of like my four horizons of growth uh, within within the uh, the business. So I did that for many, many years. And then I decided um, to get a real job. And I actually joined a company called Dairy Farm. So I was a retailer, just like you guys. So I actually ran shops. I ran 7-Eleven. So I ran about probably 2,500 shops, actually. Um, some some very small ones, so 7-Elevens, uh, as you see uh, elsewhere in the world. And, and also um, Manning's, which is a um, health and beauty shop. So it's a little bit like uh, Walgreens, but much more beauty involved in it. And also ran supermarkets as well. So I did that in China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, and I did that for several years too. And then um, very recently, I joined the Consumer Goods Forum. I joined the Consumer Goods Forum on uh, Star Wars Day in 2020. So May the 4th, 2020, I joined the uh, Consumer Goods Forum. And so so that's my background. Uh, so basically a consultant, a retailer at heart. So very, very similar to you guys. I love retail, and I've always been very passionate about it. Um, I'm mostly based in, in China and Hong Kong. And I uh, switched jobs to the Consumer Goods Forum a couple of years ago because essentially I wanted to do something that um, I felt that my kids could be proud of me for, for doing. And so what, what does the Consumer Goods Forum do? We essentially think of us as a, a big association of companies. So obviously, you guys are part of um, a very important part of, of CGF. And so we have 400 companies that are retailers, such as yourselves, and also manufacturers that are brands that you sell. And we join together to try and do things for the greater good, essentially. So very similar to the topic that we're talking about here. Um, and we have uh, a bunch of coalitions, which I can talk about a little bit more detail later. But essentially, think of us as joining forces between retailers and consumer goods companies 
globally to try and tackle problems such as deforestation, such as human rights uh, and forced labor, such as plastic waste, such as a sustainable supply chain, such as food waste, such as um, uh, food safety and also product data. So those are the things that we do. And also we have another initiative on uh, healthy lives. So in other words, how do you get people to um, consume in a more sustainable and healthy manner that is basically good for them and also good for the planet. So that those are the things in the, at a very, very high level, just to introduce myself and also to introduce uh, very quickly the, the CGF. Well, the CGF is an industry association of sort of the Illuminati. I mean, your your group is made up of CEOs. It's the, it's the who's who of the consumer goods and retail industry and grocery and and quick serve, I mean, and uh, convenience across the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the reason why that's important to us is because if you think about trying to make things happen, you make things happen by getting CEOs to make decisions and then to help that those decisions disseminate within the organizations and make sure that the, the organization is brought along at the same time as well, right? So you need to get some kind of direction from the top and then make sure that you socialize that idea, make sure that you get the, the morale and the direction right from the troops as well and move in that direction. So the reason why we have, as you would say, the Illuminati, we have this group of 60 people that essentially drive us forwards is because uh, th th those guys are very important and you need very important people to actually you know, decide on which, what's the direction that you're going to go in and then to try and get everybody to move in that same direction. You know, th there are many, many different phrases that you hear. But one of the phrases that we are very particularly use a lot is if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. And so the whole point is we're trying to go together and far and make a big lasting change across those eight things that I talked about. And I can, there's quite a lot there. Uh, but plastic, for example, is one of the, one of the very important ones. Um, and we are trying to get 40 companies together have actually said we're going to join together to do this. And it's all driven by CEOs. So they basically have the, uh, the, the kind of uh, the, the force for good behind the company, as it were, driving this direction. So that's the reason why we have the Illuminati, because the Illuminati, is, it, to put it simply, is very critical <laughs> to drive, drive progress. Yeah? Uh, uh, you, you know, if you, if you go to a company and you see you know, you see what they do and you see like, like in the commercial world, if you see them like sponsoring NASCAR or something, or sponsoring Indy 500, whatever, whatever they do, and you trace that route back and go, how did you make the decision to be here? Often you will see the sponsorships of big companies match the personal preferences and passions of their CEO. Right. Mm, yeah, Same yeah. thing happens in yeah. terms of sustainability. So if something's really important to somebody, if they're a yeah. scuba, scuba diver and plastic waste in the ocean is driving them crazy yeah. and they just yeah. so happen to be the CEO of a major consumer packaged goods company that manufactures out of plastic. Now yeah. you've got someone whose personal passion aligns with their company's mission and they can actually make something happen in a way that, you know, a lot of us as individual citizens, we may not have the power to make that change. And, we, and, which, and that's what makes me so impressed about the Consumer Goods Forum. Every time I go or I connect with these people, you can see that they're not just the CEO or the general managing director or whatever their title. They're also passionate human beings who, tr who are there by choice and because they do sincerely want to make the world a better place. And it's hard for me to imagine any other organization quite like that. I've never seen anything like it in all the boards and other things that I do. So I'm curious about you um, and specifically of all the kind of initiatives you were to say your number one passion is what personally? 
Yeah, well, this this is actually a very difficult question to answer because, um, you know, I, I, I think of it like, like having eight children. So I've got eight children. Uh, this is the eight coalitions that we have going forward. And it's very difficult to say that I have a favourite child because once I say I have a favourite child, we're all going to get in trouble because all the other seven children will then start complaining and say, why you've chosen this child to be the favourite one, right? So so it's very difficult to say that I have a a, a, a particular favourite and, and, and things. But I, I must say that before I joined CGF, one of the things that helped me decide to join CGF was really the whole, um, uh, I guess... The, all the noise surrounding David Attenborough at the time, right? You know, the, the British um, um, naturalist, yes, who, who, you know, he did so many different programs that, and I think one of them, and this is the one that really got to me, was when, when, you, when, when people were saying that there would be more plastic in the ocean than there would be fish by a certain date, right? I think that was one of the statistics that completely, completely blew me away. That was one of the things. And, and another thing I, I saw was a, a, photo, a photograph, of, a fantastic photograph of a little seahorse, and it wrapped its tail around a cotton bud, uh, one of these Q-tip things. And it was basically using this Q-tip thing to kind of move around with, right? And I just saw that those two, you know, bits of information, those two kind of sound bites, pictures, and and those things really hit home. It, it basically, we are ruining this planet that we live on. And so, um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say what I'm passionate about necessarily, because it, obviously I'm, I'm passionate about making things happen. That's the real thing I'm really passionate about. But um, before I joined CGF, one of the reasons that pushed me into the direction of CGF was seeing these things around plastic and, and around how people are just ruining the planet. And um, we've, we've just got to stop this, right? Um, we live on a very fragile ecosystem, you know? The Chinese kind of understand it as yin-yang, everything's in balance, yeah? And once things get out of balance, then things become very problematic. And it's up to us, it's up to these CEOs, the passion that they have, uh, and also up to investors, uh, people who you know put money behind the companies to say, right, enough is enough move in this direction and also consumers right and also employees i think there's a there's a big upswell in terms of um expectations from many different people so number one not, not necessarily one, number one but the ceos they are passionate about something so therefore they're going to drive it consumers they're passionate about particular topics as well in, in different countries and they're going to drive you and make purchasing decisions based on that right investors same thing they're going to make investments based on this too um, and employees, your employees, uh, your your staff, your store staff, your colleagues, everybody, they, they have passions too. It might be equality, it might be plastic, it could be uh, environment, it could be many different ESG-related topics, and they're going to drive those topics. And, and um, you know, there's a groundswell of all these things happening, and, and you know, you're going to have to, well, you have to move in this direction. And we're, we're proud enough to be, well, I'm proud to say that we're trying to help companies move in this direction. So, um, you know, that's what, so I'm, to answer your question, John, what am I passionate about? I'm passionate about making things happen. Um, yeah. Everything else to me is just talking and, um, you know, you've got to score goals. You can't, you know, you can't map it out on a, on a board. You've got to score the goal. You've got to win the match. So, so you know, when you, your audience there, so, you know, I might be sitting there and have Fisk Johnson from SC Johnson on one side of me and James Quincy from Coca-Cola on another. And if you think about an issue, let's just belabor this plastic waste issue. If you were to think about that one, those two companies, if they made a 1% improvement in, uh, in, in, in either, you know, 
converting plastic products into recyclable or biodegradable or switching to other materials that are more sustainable. Just a tiny change in those two companies could make a change for the planet. And what's so fascinating to me, especially as a U.S. retailer, so, you know, I spent my whole career as a, as a retailer in the U.S., as a retailer, you often get very myopic because as the largest consumer goods market in the United States or in the world, right, the, 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 you, you tend to see it through the lens of the largest market, right? Mm -hmm. And yet manufacturing, labor supply, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the exposure of how thin and fragile our supply chain is as was revealed through COVID. And suddenly you start thinking about it and going, boy, we have to kind of win or lose together. So even if as a U.S.-based retailer, IG is not, we're, we're a truly global retailer, but if you were just a U.S.-based retailer, your suppliers are not. And yeah. so one of the other things that I love about what you do is bringing a global view to these solutions because inevitably they are going to be global solutions. You know, I, I think I think one of the topics I'd like you to talk a little bit about is human trafficking, child labor, and all of those issues. Those are those are probably we, we're so focused during COVID on labor issues here in the United States, getting people to show up. Mm -hmm. But a much broader issue is is this. If you could just talk a little bit about what that coalition does. Yes. So so we we have a coalition called the Human Rights uh, Coalition to End Forced Labor. So obviously, human rights is a very, very big topic, and and we're not, you know, arrogant uh, in, uh, to say that we can solve every single human rights issue. So we we are very narrowly focused on forced labour, and forced labour has a very clear definition. Essentially, if you are uh, don't have freedom of movement and you have to pay to get your job, so these things essentially are red flags that essentially mean that you've been uh, you you are in forced labour, so you're not you, you know you, you're not free to do what you really want to do. Um, and so what we try to do is we try to um, look at designing systems to uh, human rights due diligence systems within your, within your own um, companies. And, and those systems help you go through a process of making sure that every employee that you have actually has not gone through this process of, of, of being forced into, into, into labour for, for you guys. Yeah? And, so, uh, and, and, as, and as I said, we can't solve everything all the time. So we look at particular um, supply chains that are um, more uh, prevalent for this. So, for example, we might look at things like palm oil. Right, you look at the palm oil supply chain, and that might have more forced labor in it compared to others. So we, you know, we we so essentially think of it as a big topic. We take one slice of it, we try and drill deep onto that one slice. We try to implement it within individual companies to try and stop this thing from happening, and we try to spread this to to other people to help us join this journey as, at the same time. So those are the that that's in a nutshell what we try to do now. Over time, we might want to expand it, but you know we've got to learn to move first, right? We've got to take the first few steps first, and and uh, you know we only moved to these coalitions of action a couple of years ago, and so we're still trying to learn exactly how to make them work properly. We obviously we have a very clear vision of what we want to do, um, and so at the moment we're tackling piece by piece each of these individual problems, eight of these individual problems, and we're trying to make those things work. And then once we've got a model that works, we try to expand it and try to get more and more people to join, more and more regions to join, more and more companies to join, and we try to broaden the topic. So that's the way that we think about it. And I don't know if I've answered your question about the, the human rights no. one, but it's really around uh, human rights due diligence systems. I, I, I wanted you to focus on that one specifically because I wanted to make the point about um, you know, issues that appear to be global 
but not in the U.S. versus issues that are truly global. And this is one of them. So if you if you say forced labor and you, you talk about people having to buy their job, what comes to mind is developing nations, hmm. you know, third world, third world yeah, areas right. in which desperation creates these labor markets. Right, and yet right. here in the United States, every single year, we have some story about migrant workers who are shipped up into fields in the Northeast or up in uh, Canada or wherever, where all of a sudden we discover that the exact same thing is going on here locally. And that checklist that you described, right, that way of thinking about how do I understand how my suppliers operate, hmm. that big you know, global manufacturers are using as a retailer buying from local farmers, this is, big, this is a checklist I could use locally. And, right, and the right. whole point of this podcast is to say, you know, in an environment where I've spent the last two years inwardly focused, focused on being in stock and making sure people show up and shopper and, and associate secure safety during COVID and all the ways we had to get very inward in order to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, these topics didn't go away. These issues didn't go away. Yeah, and so exactly. if we can expose them and be inspired by the action of some of the suppliers who've made these commitments on these coalitions to make a difference through the CGF, um, then there may be things that we can do in our business today that can, you know, can advance the, the, the ball both locally and, 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 and globally. No, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's not just a global problem or a problem with the developing nations, right? It is a problem everywhere, actually. Even in the US, there is forced labor. There is quite significant forced labor in the US too. So therefore, you know, having the awareness about it and then, you know, implementing the same tools that we use because the tools are actually globally applicable, yeah? So, um, and we're happily, you're a member so you can share them and share them with you and use them and uh, implement them and you make a difference to, to, people who are being shipped across borders doing things that they you know probably don't want to be doing so uh, it is an important thing and, and the retailers can make a big impact too well so so uh so what we'll do is we'll take um a we'll, we'll do a small blurb on each one of the coalitions and we'll just release it episodically through the year through the communications channels that iga uses so that our members can be both be aware of and they can be inspired by it. Um, one of the things, you know, I was talking to the CEO of Unilever on, on one of these calls. And what I love about the way Alan talks is he says, you know, sustainability isn't just altruism. It's good business and you can improve your business. Mm-hmm. And I thought a lot about that. And I love the way he talks. Um, but, you know, uh, the other conversation I have with retailers all the time is, is around differentiation. Mm-hmm. So I'll go visit a retailer and I'll stand in front of the store and I'll go, tell me why someone would shop your store yeah. Yeah. versus the competitor. Right. And, you know, the things that independents say, because IGA is the Independent Grocers Alliance, so what independents say is we got a great meat department and we got the best pro- high quality produce and we make the stuff fresh. And it's, it tends to be a service and a quality message. Right. But then, yep. but then you go, well, how do we, how, how do people make that choice? How, do, how are they making the choice? And the other word we use is local, that we're, that we're local. Uh, those are competitive advantages. But another competitive advantage is when you stand for something. Mm-hmm. Like if you say, you know, unlike big national or impersonal chains, we stand for this. Right. Feeding the, the hungry locally or reducing plastic waste mm-hmm. or whatever. And you were to put those signs up at the front of your store, mm-hmm. not only would shoppers make a choice to choose you over generic competitors, mm-hmm. but I would make the case that you're hiring 
success and your and your retention success of bringing young younger people or more passionate people into your chain, yeah. that yeah. you'd be very proud of your labor metrics at the tail end of it as well. And that boy, that's you know, how do I fix the labor challenges I got right now? Right, make people proud to work for you. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. I, I think there is a lot of um, uh, differentiation that can come from. Uh, having a very altruistic message. Altruistic is the wrong word, but but think of think of the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, right? That's the kind of direction, that's the North Star kind of that CGF looks at. You know, we, we obviously can't handle every single one of the 17 SDGs, but we look at a few of them, right? Food waste being one, I think that's 12 point something as part of the SDGs. So, so um, standing for something um, that resonates with consumers, um, is, is absolutely critical because you can stand for freshness, as you described, you can stand for lo lo localness, whatever the, 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 the right description is. Um, you can stand for those things, but also at the same time, you, you know, consumers are making choices based on um, what, what you stand for beyond just the standard methods of competitive differentiation. And many of those are related to SDGs. So do you have something that talks about forced labor? Do you try to um, have a low carbon footprint? Do you, um, you know, not have, do you, do you recycle plastic? Do you, you know, do you look after your staff in, in the right way? Do you care about nutrition? Do you care about obesity? Do you care about food banks? There's a whole load of topics that um, consumers are beginning to vote with their feet on, right? And that, what does that mean? That means they're not gonna shop with you, they're gonna shop with someone else if you don't show that you care about these particular aspects yeah and so um you know it's coming and and it's and you know the us is a very advanced economy bits of europe are also very advanced economies and those are the ones are the ones leading it and this is this is coming out very very clearly so there's a um a consumer element so so that drives you towards good business there's a there's a consumer element there's going to be a regulatory element at some stage there is also an investor element you know the investors are demanding that companies move in a certain direction because they also think it's good and so uh, you know i talked about it a little bit early on but there's a lot of different um, movements coming that essentially means that um, if you don't move in this direction you're going to be behind first firstly but more importantly if you don't if, if you move early you have the, the chance to shape it you have the chance to get an early mover advantage and, and you know that's going to be absolutely critical because then you know con consumers will think you don't have to be the first. You never have to be the first. You know Apple, uh, as you probably know, they they didn't invent the, uh, the smartphone, but they got it right. Yeah, and they probably made the best smartphone. So so they may have not been first. I think HTC or whatever was first, right? But they're not around anymore. It's not about being first. It's about being early enough and being able to shape things and being able to get the credit for it. And I think exactly that's exactly what needs to be done. So get onto this um, whole movement around sustainability. Get get onto it early because consumers are going to vote with their feet. And if, if you don't, if you're not in that game, you're going to lose out. It's, I think it's as simple as that. So, so there, there, there's another consumer. And this is kind of my, my last point. My point here. So there's another consumer in the independent grocery uh, space. So you've got your customers, you got your associates, you also have your own kids, right? Mm -hmm. And I will often hear from an entrepreneur saying, you know, my kids aren't that interested in the business. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about what you can do, if you own a one store, if you own a hundred store chain, it doesn't matter, right? In retail, the things we do have an instant and a profound effect. If you replace your light bulbs with, 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 with uh, low energy LED, your energy savings, you may have the biggest single energy savings in, in your entire community. Mm -hmm. Or you upgrade your freezer cases, or, or you make a commitment 
in the supply chain saying we will not buy from suppliers who do not right. treat their own employees with respect. Right. And then, you know, the local grocery store is often the single largest contributor to the local food bank. We're right. feeding more hungry people than almost any other business. Mm -hmm. And yet, which and we, 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 we tend to be very humble as a culture and we tend not to pound our chest and show off what we do mm -hmm. in a way that that uh, you may or maybe our kids don't even know what role right. we play in that local right. marketplace. Right. So, you know, your your key initiatives on on reducing plastic waste and improving the health of our oceans, uh, you know, sustainable farming and sustainable agriculture that ensures that our planet can continue to feed everyone. And uh, especially these issues around around uh, forced labor. Right. And then, you know, and, 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 and you know, all of those issues, they're they are global in nature, but we can have a local impact on it. And if, if this podcast just does one thing and gets one retailer someplace to say, you know, I could embrace a couple of these issues too, you know, times the 1,560 retailers we've got in the United States and over 6,200 worldwide, if we were to do that, then we could make an enormous difference. Yeah, I, I absolutely totally agree. I think, I think that the, the beauty of retail is you are the connection between, um, what we make as a as an as a kind of world and the consumer right that that connection is there it doesn't exist anywhere else because by definition it's just it's at the retail front what what you sell how you sell it in, in, you know impact it is is purchased directly by the consumer so therefore whatever happens um to, to you know i guess maybe the right way to phrase it is because you're that a coal face with the consumer you are actually the closest that any company has to, to reading the consumer, to shaping consumer behavior, to, to basically change the way that consumption occurs. And consumption can occur either in a sustainable way or in a non-sustainable way. It can either help forced labor or not help forced labor. I think because you have that interface directly with a consumer, um, you can actually make the most change because it, it is that interface that actually drives everything. I don't know if I made myself clear, yeah. but it's that last leg, and I think you have that last leg, and so therefore I would say that the that the that the obligation is on you to try to do things better as well, because you do own that interface with the consumer. Okay, so my last question for you is: uh, You're retiring. You're at your retirement event, or you know, some industry of you know, Fortune or Business Week writes a story about you. And they would say in there, the thing that we're proudest of, Wei Chan Chan, that he did in his career is what? What would you want that answer to be? Ooh, um, so, you know, it, well, it's a difficult question to answer, but um, I would like to think that I had an impact on um, sustainability in some way, making something happen, either on plastic waste, either on forced labor, either on um, food waste you know what, what, one of the topics that we are driving forwards i would like to be you know be remembered as someone that made a, a small difference to the direction uh, that we needed to go in and actually made things happen because i think um, a lot of people talk about this stuff but um, less people actually do it and i like to be remembered as someone that helped do it not shaping the idea or what have you but actually doing it because i think at the end of the day that's what matters it's not about what you talk about it's about doing it and and i like to think of myself as being a practical person which is why i like retail because retail is entirely practical right it's no 
theory about marketing and this kind of stuff is really practical what you sell and how you sell it and you know it's really very practical and so i like to think of myself as being practical so you know being making a difference and making an implementation difference to some of these initiatives that we have that actually change the course of the way that we're treating our planet that's how i like to be remembered and you know we're, we're getting closer and closer but we're still we're still not there yet we've still got a long way to go but you know we're, we're moving in the right direction and with with you know help from people like yourself john and also the other ceos i think we can make a massive difference and i think it's our duty to make this massive difference and that's what that's why i'm excited to be at cgf and uh talking about uh, you know our initiatives because i think we can make a we can make a big impact around the world well, I, I think if there's anyone who could be the um, the driver of success, practical success, it's you, which and you know I'm a big fan and I'm a big Thank supporter you. of both the organization and yours, and, and I just couldn't be more pleased with the direction that you're taking the company. It's very pragmatic and very practical. Here's what we're going to do: we're going to we're going to work with your team to in order to create little entry links into each of the initiatives so that our members can learn about them and be inspired by them, and uh, and be and then we'll give a link back to. Uh, the CGF website so that they can learn more. Right. And uh, what I'd like to do is maybe a year from now, we'll come back and do this again. And we'll talk about something that you're proud of that we were able to accomplish in the last year. And, uh, uh, and we'll, 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 we'll celebrate even the tiniest victory. when, when Absolutely. I'd love to do that, John. Thank you very much for having me and uh, good luck with everything. And uh, hope to see you soon. I appreciate it. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you.